Hello, welcome to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. Uh, joining me from the other side of the world uh, is Zijan. Uh, Again. Hello. Hi, everyone. I've decided to come up with a random Malaysia fact every single time I, rec- I record a podcast from over here. Oh, yeah. So my this uh, Malaysian fact is that, did you know that the largest flower in the world can be found in Malaysia? I did not know that. It's called the Raphausia and it's a parasite and it smells horrible. Oh, so Malaysia seems to be big on on wildlife that smells horrible. <laughs> it's just two things, Colin. Your, your durian, flu- is it durian fruit? Yep, durian. Ugh. And Raphausia. Just two things. two things. Everything else smells pleasant. <laughs> okay. And, and you have no hay fever in Malaysia, is that right? Exactly, which is even better. Um, what a what a marvel. Uh, speaking of which, we are talking about Captain Marvel. <laughs> that is awful, Colin. I mean, I mean, I've heard some bad ones from you before, but this is this this takes the cake. Wow, everyone's critic. Uh, we're talking about Captain Marvel. Um, we're talking about uh, the films of Ian McKellen. We'll do a quiz on James Gunn and much. Much, Much more. more. Um, but first, we start off with some news. Uh, Zijan, do you have any news for us? Yep. Uh, I, I just had to go through this one. Since we recorded the previous podcast just before the Oscar results came out. Yes. Now we know what the results are. And I think there were some surprises there. Yeah, biggest surprise being uh, Green Book, I guess, getting best film. Um, so Roma had been the favourite. And the favourite had previously been the favourite. Uh, but Green Book's knock in. Uh, you've not seen it yet, have you? No, not seen it. It no. was on the. It was one of the films on the plane that I could choose from, but uh, I'll watch it my way back. What What did you choose instead? Um, we'll discuss it in to see or not. To okay, Z. fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah, to be honest, I've, I've not seen Roma. Uh, I preferred the Green Book. Oh, sorry, Green Book to the favorite. So I'm 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 happy. There's there's some belief that it may have won because apparently the, the way that voting works is like you choose your favorites in order like top three or something mm-hmm. and apparently a lot of people really didn't like Roma chose it uh-huh. and a lot of people might not have got the favorite because it's quite an acquired taste i think and so the kind of green book might have been lots of people's second favorite is, is the the green, green book did win a best picture award before the oscars didn't they was it the screen actors oh maybe because uh, so i know the favorite um one obviously won uh the Golden Globe. Yeah, I mean, and Bohemian Rhapsody uh, won the other Golden Globe. Yeah, Roma won uh, the BAFTA. Yes. And I'm sure Green Book has won something else, but I can't remember You're what it was. probably right. Probably right. But it's quite, quite, a, quite a good mix this year. I mean, I, I don't think it's a stellar year for films. I, I enjoyed Green Book. Uh, but definitely I, wasn't. I, I wouldn't put it up there with the last few years. Um, so, yeah, well, so we said Rami Malek won Best Actor, which I think was not a surprise. I thought he was excellent mm-hmm. in that film. And There's a lot of pressure on uh, Taron Edgerton being Elton John this yes, year. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, oh, no, did you see the video of him uh, singing um, with Elton John at the Oscars party afterwards? Oh, no. He was singing Tiny Dancer. You can find it on YouTube. That's, it's quite impressive. He has a good set of pipes on him. Oh, okay. Does he sound like mm. Elton John? No, but Elton John was accompanying him. I probably wasn't trying to sound like Elton John at the, yeah. at the time. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the big surprise. Roma got a few... Um, I'm sure I got best foreign language. Did you get best cinematography? I think maybe. Yep, it did. Uh, and uh, won best director as well. Oh, of course it did. Yes. Mm. Yep. Which is basically like best picture. <laughs> if if the people can choose between two 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 films, they'll give one to best picture yeah, and one to best director yeah. usually. Uh, Marshall uh, Ali has now won two Oscars in three years, which is uh, good very for him. Impressive. Though, well done. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oliver Coleman. Yes, uh, not a big actress. surprise there. But, um, I, mean, well, it's, it's, I say it wasn't a big surprise. I think Glenn Close was the favourite, so it was a bit of a surprise for some people. Um, I, I'm good for her, though. Wife, but, uh, love, love her, all her acceptance speeches. Her acceptance speech was brilliant, yes. Um, yeah, like, I, I just going back to all the all her previous roles, and her acceptance speeches are a work of art, honestly. She can come across so sincere hmm. and genuine in all her speeches. It's amazing. Uh, yes, very good line. Um, I don't think he won Best Supporting Actress. Was it Rachel Vice? No, it was uh, Regina Oh, King. Regina King it was. Um, the one who you've uh, mispronounced. Uh, <laughs> well, not mispronounced. You don't even know what her last name was. Um, well, you, if you've listened back to our previous podcast, you'll find no evidence. No evidence that I, <laughs> that I, ever, got, <laughs> that I ever got her name wrong. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
through some judicious editing last time. Um, that was clearly yeah. re- removed from our, our listeners. Uh, yes, that was. Um, I'm not sure that was the role that she should have got for, but there you go. Um, speaking speaking of Rami Malek, uh, he is lined up to be uh, the villain in the next Bond film. Um, is, is it confirmed though? Like, I don't, uh, I don't think it's confirmed, but it's uh, heavily rumored. Why? <laughs> At this day and age, right? It's still surprising that these kind of things are heavily rumored. Surely, heavily rumored just means that, you know, ninety nine percent. Yeah, you know, I mean, confirmation. It's because it was heavily rumored that the film was going to be called Shatterhand, and apparently that's not going. That might not be true. <laughs> what really? What's it called now? Well, we don't know, but this is based on the fact that I think Barbara Broccoli, um, who is long running producer of these films. Someone asked her to sign something that had the word Shatterhand on it, and she wrote it's not called that or something. So <laughs> maybe it was after the public backlash. Maybe it was after our backlash. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe she, she was decided to change it. The CDZ of movies and said, "Wait a minute." I think it, it <laughs> might have been. It was kind of that was the like a lot, a lot of bigger films film under a fake name, and maybe that was the fake name. I don't know. Whoa. Anyway, Rami Malek. Um, I've never seen Mr. Robot, but that's his until his Oscar win when he was best known for that and uh, why not a Bond villain he's not the uh, the first Oscar winner to immediately go and make a Bond film we remember Halle Berry a few years ago um, oh who ah, immediately made anymore. the worst Bond film ever made um, die another day uh, good old days mm. what else you um, Suicide Squad 2 has um, added sorry, Idris Elba sorry I think you mean The Suicide Squad season <sighs> No one's keeping track of this. <laughs> the Suicide Squad, yeah, yes. um, uh, directed by James Gunn, mm-hmm. is adding Idris Elba as Deadshot, replacing Will Smith. I kind of assumed that if they Will Smith was out, they just wouldn't use the character anymore. But apparently, Deadshot is such an important character, they need to have Idris Elba playing him. Yeah, uh, I guess he he has a more human motivation than the others. You know, um, apart you know, Harley Quinn was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, the killer croc was just uh, hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Boomerang, yeah. no one's quite sure why he was there. No. <laughs> but at least um, Deadshot was doing this for his daughter. For his daughter, yeah. So it's, like, it's really not clear if this is... Well, I think he said it's not a sequel. What well, he said, it's not carrying on directly from it, but I suspect it'll be a kind of a soft reboot. Mm, probably but, is. But they're trying to get Margaret Robbie if they can, I would have thought. Yeah, I think uh, Viola Davis will be joining them again. Okay, okay. If I'm not mistaken. But Idris Elba joins uh, one of the few actors who has starred in a Marvel film and now a DC film as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, I suppose so. He was so. Heimdall. Of course he was. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be another one of those uh, in Captain... Well, there was another one of those in Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, so he, uh, he died in a, a Marvel universe to join the DC universe. Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to get his name wrong. Jimon Hounsou, something like that. Um, who? I can't even tell his character's name. He basically has a minor part in Guardians, played a minor part in Captain Marvel, and is now going to be in Shazam. So people jump back and forth all the time, it seems. Mm, I think he might have died in all of those. but (laughs) (laughs) I think you kind of ran away from a a superhero film nowadays. No, it's it's getting remarkably few few actors who aren't in... In one of them, uh, yeah. I tell you what Will Smith is doing though. Uh, he's going to be playing, or he's, I say he's, he's attached to play uh, Richard Williams in a film called King Richard um, about the the father of Venus and Serena. Uh, oh, I read about that. There was some backlash towards that as well. There was. And to be honest, as soon as it announced, I thought, oh, there's going to be some backlash that this film is about a man as opposed to about these women. But there was a different backlash um, uh-huh. that he's not as dark skinned as as Richard Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is called colorism, apparently, which is a word I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh. Uh, although well, weird, weirdly, a lot of people, well, some of the suggestions was were um, they should get Idris Elba instead, but since Idris Elba is already replacing Will Smith in one film, <laughs> he can he can keep replacing Will Smith in everything. Maybe that's his key. Yeah. If he can replace Will Smith in Aladdin, I'll, I'll keep that as well. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, I mean, talking of colorism, he's playing a blue guy. Couldn't they've couldn't they have got a real blue person to play Aladdin? Like to play the one, genie? Of the, one of the Navi, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Could have got um, Sam. What's his name? What's the name of the main guy in, in uh, <laughs> Worthington? Worthington. Sam Worthington. To play. Poor Sam Worthington. <laughs> He's gone so far. <laughs> Poor old Sam Worthington. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think it's a very interesting story to tell about this guy who just decided that his daughters were going to become the best tennis players in the world. Mm. Apparently, he wrote a seventy-eight page uh, plan for how that was going to happen. Oh wow, really? And, uh, was he a tennis player himself? I don't think so. I think he just decided this is the this is the sport we can do. I, I yeah, I think it'd be quite an interesting film. Like, it would be. I mean, like Venus and Serena, especially Serena, is a class of her own. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, generally the best. I mean, I don't follow tennis, but apparently the best player ever, best female player ever. Mm. Um, um, I was in a quiz recently where they asked us which of the Venus, sorry, which of the Williams sisters was older. It's uh, Venus. It is Venus, which we put, and they told us it was wrong, so I had to had to get out Wikipedia, decision to show them. <laughs> oh, correcting a quiz master, Colin. That's just poor for. <laughs> Christmas is always right. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, My next bit of news is the Black Widow solo movie is eyeing Emma Watson for co-lead. Oh, really? I'd not heard that. Yes. Yeah, supposedly as a kick-ass female uh, Bond character. Okay. And she's currently the front-runner to play it. Aren't all the female characters in MCU kick-ass? That seems to be... Yeah, seems well, to be yeah, the, the standard. That, standard that, that is definitely true. Yeah, I, I personally do not know any British born character in the Marvel comics, so uh, fair I'm not too sure who she'll be playing. But um, Emma Watson will be coming out uh, later this year anyway in uh, Little Women. Uh, uh, which that. you've read the book, haven't you? Carl? Um, I'm still plowing through it. It's what? So, it's, it's, it's such a short book. It's so bad. Uh, I really it's hate the classic. Woman. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's just so badly written. It's awful. Um, nothing would please me greater than Beth dying. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be delighted when that... And if, 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 if they could all get wiped out, the, the way they talk, the way it's... Anyway, this isn't the book podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, and apparently it's not going to be R-rated. There was some rumour that it was going to be R-rated, but it's not. Oh. Well. Which, um, which is I, good. I, I, I don't think that... I don't think that one should be an R-rated film. It works in oh. something like... Yes, if you're going to do Logan or Deadpool or whatever else, but I don't think Black Widow needs that. Um, Elizabeth Moss is in talks for The Invisible Man, apparently. Um, so you might know Elizabeth Moss from mostly from TV work. I, I can't think of any films she's been in, to be honest, but she was um, first one in The West Wing, Handmaid's Tale, um, Mad Men. Actually, I have seen some films she was in. She was in um, uh, one with Mark Duplass. I can never remember the title of, but um, people discovering... Uh, doppelgangers of themselves. That was pretty good. Which which Invisible Man is this? Is part of the Dark Universe? They were supposed to. That's the idea. Although I think they're not. They're no longer committing to the the Dark Universe concept. I think they're keeping okay. the film separate um, because the mummy was terrible. Um, yes, uh, this Johnny Depp was attached to it, and then he, he ah, yeah, anymore. This um, Moss. It's not clear whether she'd be playing the Invisible Woman, presumably, um, or whether she's in that uh, Jessica Alba and Kate uh, Mara. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess it is. So it is, yeah, it's not exactly clear what's going to happen there. But uh, the first first time she would have led a, a big film that I'm aware of. Have you seen the original film? Because I'm sure there was a film before this. There's been a somewhere. few, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't seen any of them. No. no. Mm. Uh, what do I have? So Peter Dinklage, more more TV stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones fame and Josh Brolin are to be brothers-in-law in a new comedy film. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, brace yourselves because it's written by the guys who did Holmes and Watson. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh uh, off basically. playing uh, Thanos and whatever the name of the big dwarf was um, in Infinity War. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's right. That is right. Mm. Um, Everyone's yeah. in Infinity War, though, so this is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's no surprise, though, is it? Uh, okay, that sounds like it's probably going to be incredibly offensive. Um, it probably will, but I do. Yeah, it, it'll make quite a nice dynamic, though. Hmm. Infinity, it sounds a lot like twins. Um, it does. Arnold Schwarzenegger really does. Time to be so classic. Um, speaking of TV stars, Matt Smith, formerly known as Doctor Who, um, has said he doesn't think that he's in the next Star Wars film, which <laughs> what, what? <laughs> is confusing. <laughs> they could mean a lot of things, Colin. So. Um, he, he, I'm sure they announced he was cast, and the rumor was he was going to play a young General Palpatine. And yeah, apparently now he's saying he doesn't think he's in it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, uh, so either he thinks his scenes have been cut, or he's like, surely they would have phoned me by now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty, surely, 
it's all been filmed by now, right? They have so... finished filming, so he should probably know if he's at least <laughs> been filmed. Maybe uh, he's not supposed to say anything. Yeah, I reckon this is all mind games, to be honest. This is the kind of the room's got up quite... there, so he's trying to shut it down. But it's quite tiresome, though. Like, just, 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 uh, just yeah, get sh- on with I'm it. not sure what it adds to anything. No. Exactly. It's, yeah. Got anything else? No. Nothing more. Uh, I've got to run through a couple of things. So Aquaman 2 has been uh, has now got a release date of December 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, after the, So that's quite a long time down, but we've got that lovely trench film to keep us keep us, <laughs> keep us occupied, yep. Uh, Steven Spielberg, who is someone important at the uh, Academy Awards, um, who's on the Board of Governors or something, uh, he wants films to have, to have a four-week release uh, in order to be eligible for the Oscars, which is basically uh, to stop films like Roma getting through. He also doesn't want, yeah, he doesn't want Netflix back at the Oscars. He made it very clear. Because hmm. at the moment, Netflix, they've, they've released their films for a week in like a handful of cinemas. Just yeah. to qualify. I, yeah, and I can kind of see where he's coming from. Because then, then the Oscars is for cinematic release films. And these, although they just hit the requirements, they're not really cinematically released films. So hmm. he's saying they should be they should be qualifying for Emmys as a TV movie as opposed well, to Oscars. Which I can see where he's coming from, to be honest. Not not only that, I've heard that Netflix has significantly outspent its studio competition mm. in Oscar campaigns. Yeah, Apparently, it spent up yeah. up to fifty million to wow. try to get Best Picture for Roma. Goodness fifty me. million dollars for this, Colin. Where is where are they getting this money? There's no way that Netflix is a profit making company. I don't know. The, I mean, everyone you know. There's no way. Everyone's got Netflix. Everyone's paying them Still, their eight quid a month. But still, it could mind can 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 bankroll, <laughs> ha, you know, yeah, any of these actors. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe they are good for long. I'm, I think, is it, I mean, Spielberg's not saying that these films are bad. I think he's just saying they're not. I mean, being winning an Emmy isn't a bad thing. Um, so uh, I think he's fighting a losing battle, to be honest. But yes, yeah, it's a different experience watching a film on Netflix than it is watching it on. Giant screen. It is, and and there's some great stuff on Netflix, and but things like Annihilation. I think um, they were very disappointed that wasn't cinematically released because the visuals would work well on a big screen. Um, and we'll, I mean, I guess if you watch Netflix on your phone, you're going to get the worst of all worth. I, I mean, I watch it on a on a TV, so I guess it's very similar to the way I might watch a, a DVD. But um, but yeah, there's a different world, isn't it? Yes. Uh, finally, Zijan, it's a big week for Asians. Um, you say this every week, <laughs> Colin. It's a big place. Um, Hello Kitty is getting a movie. This this feels like something I've said mentioned before for some reason. Oh really? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not going like oh, okay or hmm. yeah. It's I'm um, pretty sure I've heard this before for some. Well, I, was, I think reason. it was new this week. So may, may, unless you've got contacts in the Japanese film industry, <laughs> uh, they they make movies out of anything. I mean, Hello Kitty is probably not the worst idea I've heard. No, I guess at least it's got Hollywood. a character. Um, uh, yeah. Well, so I'm not. I I know almost nothing about Hello Kitty, but we did discover recently that she is not a cat, which somewhat no. surprised me. Um, she is not. She's a girl. She's a girl who just happens to have cat ears. Um, yes. Fine. Uh, let's move on. Susan. Let's move on. Um, you, do you, cast your mind back to uh, our Aquaman review. Are you correcting something now? No. No. Oh. Uh, Kashima Mark, um, so I, I suggested that the reason that Amber Heard's uh, hair was, was, was bright red rather than the, her, her, the colour it was in Justice League was that, to stop people getting confused with uh, Scott Hansen's character, Black Widow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I asked our listeners um, if they don't know the difference between Marvel and DC. Um, um, then I forgot to check. <laughs> so, But here we have an uh, email from a listener uh, from Sarah. Uh, who says that she does not know the difference between Marvel and DC, so she's our perfect audience here for working out uh, whether Amber Heard and Scarlett Johansson look the same. Uh, however, she hasn't seen either of the films, um, so she can't tell it. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Thanks for your email. Yes, we really um, do appreciate it. Yes, a very, very nice email. Uh, thanking us for what we do here. Uh, and yes, we, we appreciate that indeed. Um, uh, very, very nice of you. And, and, and thank you for wishing us a Merry Christmas. Um, and it's a little bit late that I saw this, uh, but we did have a good Christmas, so that was that was nice. Mm. Uh, if anyone else wants to get in touch with the show, um, we are cdzmovies at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at cdzmovies. Um, it's still an open question. Would you have got Scarlett Johansson mixed up with Amber Heard? Uh, I want they more. do look quite similar. They, and they sound so similar as well. They do, they do. Um, anyway, 
that's that's the uh, that's the question we need answering. Uh, we move on then to our next segment uh, to see or not to Z. Um, Zijan, it sounds like you've been watching films on a plane. Oh, I've seen so many films Colin, in the past <laughs> few weeks. I really have. So I'm going to save some for the next uh, to see or not to Z when I don't have any films to watch. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so uh, the fil- one of the films I saw on the plane was uh, The Kindergarten Teacher. All right. Oh, the Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who plays a kindergarten teacher who is uh, feeling very unfulfilled in life. Um, she, she has a, you know, a, a typical uh, middle-class family, a uh, husband and two teenage children. Um, and then, yeah, she goes to a poetry writing class, but she's pretty bad with that as well. But then one day she meets a child prodigy. Right. who is very, very good in writing poems, like extremely good. And he, she felt like it was her duty to protect him and nurture him and basically live through him, live vicariously through him. And that's basically the story. It's very good though. Okay. Uh, very, very... Uh, yeah, I it's, think... I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal, I don't really see many of her films. I know she's mentioned to TV recently and this is one, one of a few ventures into film. But yeah, I think I think she's excellent in this. Um, uh, I thought the story uh, was told. Yeah, it's it's a new, a fresh take on the story, uh, a teacher trying to live through um, a kindergarten. So it's child. Quite, quite an indie film, I guess, is it? It is. Yeah, mm. it's a very indie film uh, kind of feel, and yeah, I would recommend okay. this. Okay, check it out. What else you got? Yeah, I'm going to save it to... You're going to save the rest, okay. Yes. Uh, in which case, I'll limit myself to one film, um, which is... <laughs> How many films do you have? Uh, only a couple. But I'll go with um, On the Basis of Sex, which is the uh, biopic of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or at least it covers some of her life. Um, as played by Felicity Jones, uh, alongside her husband, played by uh, Army Hammer. So uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a Supreme Court justice in the US, but she, this is much earlier in her life, where, so it follows her through law school... Uh, and then as a law teacher and then um or professor rather uh and then when she's fighting some sex discrimination or gender discrimination uh cases uh yeah uh it's Fristy jones is, is always great i think and she does well here uh army hammers is very good um they, they work well together i think the film as a whole is a little drab it's it's mm-hmm. i enjoyed it but i can see why it wasn't in the awards conversation really um, okay. Because it's, the, the case they've chosen is quite a dull one. Um, so I think it's, <laughs> it's it's has huge impact. Or at least they, the, the film tells us it is. I've got no reason to disbelieve it. Um, a huge impact in terms of precedent it was setting about gender discrimination. But it's they they've got scenes where they're saying things like, "Oh, pursuant to Constitutional Amendment four point six, I don't know, they're kind of just talking through legal language that no one understands. Uh, and then occasionally some fairly on the nose dialogue. So at one point, Felicity Jones says to her daughter, you are a strong, independent woman. And I think, okay, subtext, uh-huh. please. Um, and there's also very little attempt made to age them up. So they kind of start off playing, uh, yeah, say, students. So, and then she's playing later on the mother of a 14-year-old and, and looks about the same. So it's not uh, not a lot of work made to make it realistic like that. So I think, yeah, great performances. Uh, script's a bit drab. Film's okay. I, I wouldn't... It's a little bit disappointing because I was really looking forward to this one. Um, yeah, you were. You were. Yeah, and I came uh, out thinking, yeah, it's fine, but kind of quite forgettable, really. Uh, that's a shame. Um, I've not seen the the documentary RBG, which came out around the same time, but apparently that is better. So if, uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, anyone's looking for your Ruth Bader Ginsburg fix, maybe try that one out. Okay. We move on then to the main topic of today, which is uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, as usual, we will talk about the film with non-spoilers, and then we'll go spoilers. Um, but before we do all that, Sejan, set the scene for us. What is it? What's going on? Which Captain Marvel? Who's who? who was? Well, um, the Captain Marvel in this film is uh, Carol Danvers. Not to be confused with the, the there's so many Captain Marvels out there. Not to be know, confused sh- with confused with Cara Danvers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not Cara Danvers. That's a uh, Supergirl. Supergirl. Not to be confused with Captain Marvel in the DC universe. Now it's Shazam. And not to be confused with the original Captain Marvel, who was Marvel. But we'll go through that. <laughs> or, or Ms. Marvel. Um, uh, or Ms. Marvel. There's so many iterations of the same name. Yeah. It's like Marvel can't come up with a better name. <laughs> yeah, so I guess whenever they do it, there's like kind of a, a double branding thing because they get to mention the name of their company as well as the character. So, uh. As much as possible. Um, so this this tells this is an origin story uh, of Carol Danvers, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Captain Marvel. 
if you have seen to the end of uh, Infinity War, hmm. you see Samuel L. Jackson uh, using a pager summoning a hero. And that hero is this, uh, is Cara Danvers. Um, yeah, so this film, I'm not too sure who, who directed it, but it stars Brie Larson as uh, the titular character. And Samuel L. Jackson, a very young Samuel L. Jackson, Clark Gregg, uh, Clark, Clark Gregg, a very young Clark Gregg, yep. <laughs> uh, Jude Law, Annette Benning, Lee Pace, Ben Mendelsohn, and much, much more. Much, much more. They stole my <laughs> um, I'm just looking yeah. at the director because it's, it's directed by um, a couple, or well, two people. I think they're a couple. Uh, I'm just trying to find the film. Well, while uh, you're looking for this, Colin, yep. this film was set in 1995. So, so Anna um, Bowden and Adam then. Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They're a filmmaking duo best known for their collaborations on Half Nelson, Mississippi Grind, Captain Marvel. There you go. So at the beginning of this film, uh, she uh, has lost her memory and she's part of the Kree Star Force who are set to infiltrate a group of Skrulls. So in case people who do not know what these are, so the Kree are aliens. Yep. The Skrulls are also aliens. Also aliens. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Kree appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy before with uh, Lee Pace playing the main antagonist as Ronan the Accuser. He yep. was a Kree. The Skrulls uh, has never appeared in the Marvel Universe before. They are shapeshifters, but they are in a war with the Kree. Yep. And at the beginning of this film, she got captured by the Skrulls and she escaped on into Earth and the story progresses from there. I don't know how I can do this without any spot, without spoiling anymore. That'll, that'll do right. it. Um, yeah. So I think... That gives an insight into the complexities of this film, because um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things to introduce, and I think by and large it does that well. There, there were times when I was a bit confused as to who was aiming for what and what what the threat was, etc., etc. But by and large, oh. I think they did uh, they did that well. Um, but let's kick off with with um, Captain Marvel herself. Who, although I don't think she's ever actually called Captain Marvel in this film. No, I know. Um, so she's known as Veers. Uh, when she's in the amongst the Cree, and then she's mm-hmm. as you say Carol Danvers when she's back on Earth, because she'd lost her memory, and basically we follow her trying to find out who she was, effectively. Yeah. Um, uh, Brie Larson is, is an actress I've been a fan of for, for a long time. She's um, I thought she's absolutely phenomenal in Short Time Twelve. She's in a few of my favourite films. Uh, I thought she did well. Is she. Um, Me too. Yeah. So she she was funny, but not too quippy. I thought I'm kind of. When Doctor Strange came up, it kind of felt oh, not another hero who just makes quips all the time. And <laughs> not think, another Iron Man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and she she does make jokes, and she is, she is funny at times. And there's a nice bit where she screams at a Cree. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think she she carries herself very well. She she has this sort of on screen presence and charisma. So, yeah. Something like a, a Steve Rogers, really. Well, that's funny because I was going to say the opposite. I I, I think really. Uh, I mean, in terms of charisma, I agree with that. But in terms of character, I, I, she seems quite cocky, quite. Ah, um, uh, she she does. She yeah, does. quite. She's very assured. Yeah, self-assured. Uh, yeah, um, and and Captain America, even well, Steve Rogers or Captain America, he, he felt kind of the opposite. He was very much. Um, he he never makes a joke at someone's expense or whatever else. Whereas she's no, no. very happy. I mean, in fairness, she, she's the most powerful being. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering. I, it's, uh, there's been a lot of kind of backlash on the internet and I don't want to differ to that too much because most of it is just silly people who are angry about seeing a woman on in a film I think but um, some of it is saying well she's this kind of completely flawless character and I don't think that's entirely fair I suspect that down the line she might kind of like Iron Man has like Star-Lord has uh, she will maybe kind of have a bit of a comeuppance and, and learn have, have some arc and something like that um, because at the moment she seems so utterly uh, self-assured or cocky whichever way you look at it is kind of uh, I think like Iron Man often does and then he discovered actually I've been wrong all this time etc I'm not going to spoil this film but by the end of the film you just realise nothing she's pretty much unstoppable yes yeah yeah (laughs) she's literally unstoppable nothing (laughs) in this whole universe can stop her she's just that powerful they made her insanely powerful yeah and that's the the concern so i think for this film it works brilliantly um for Mm -hmm. slotting her into the wider mcu i think it needs to be handled carefully because we have the same issue with thor i think that thor is so much more powerful than any than well whoever you're on the avengers i think there's a, a wide range of someone's good with a bow and arrow Someone can <laughs> kind of transport through space and yeah, yeah. 
the, the power levels are very, very yeah. different. Extreme. <laughs> so it feels a bit like Superman at the end of Justice League when he just came in and saved the day because he's the most powerful. I think I don't think MCU is going to do that with uh, Endgame. It would be very mm. unsatisfactory if it's kind of all the Avengers trying hard for ages and then Captain Marvel swoops in and just does it. Saves with, the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think they're going to have to manage that carefully. Uh, but yeah, no, I, like, I liked her characterization a lot. She's kind of she's angry. She's powerful. She knows her own strengths and abilities, but she. I'm finished having said about having a comeuppance again, covering in spoilers. But she certainly um, has moments in this film where she she has gets flipped around and mm. realizes that she wasn't quite as right as she thought she was. Not much, though. No, and so this is her first film. I'm sure that she'll go through different different. Uh, mm. uh, it feels like they're, they're building the next phase on Captain Marvel. I think she probably is the new Captain America for, in that kind of way, or the new Iron Man. Yeah, she, I'm sure she'll be one of the leaders of yeah. the new uh, Avengers. So she's probably signed an eight-field contract, though, so she'll have mm. lots of opportunity to... I'm sure it won't be all her saving the day. Mm. Um, but yeah, exactly. it's it very different. So understandably, this one's been compared to Wonder Woman quite a lot, because it's the first uh, female-led film in, in the MCU. Uh, mm. I think she's very different to Wonder Woman as a character. Um, Wonder Woman's kind of this kind of naivety, similarly powerful, but kind of plays it very differently. Um, and what, even when Captain Marvel doesn't have a clue what's going on, I wouldn't call her naive at any stage. So. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure how to bring this up without um, like, I, I if I have to compare this to the Wonder Woman film, I think I'll prefer the Wonder Woman film. Okay. And I think the reason behind this is partially do with the editing of the film. I'm not going to do this without spoiling much but um, in a normal superhero uh, origins film it's quite linear Okay. in yeah. this case you see Carol Danvers at her peak strength already right? well not at the peak strength but she's very strong already right at the beginning yeah, yeah. and you see her you know some of her origins in flashback mostly in flashbacks yeah yeah. Um, and I think this non-linearity of the storyline um, doesn't help this film at all I think it's Marvel trying to be different uh, obviously, because they've done so many origins yeah, uh, storylines yeah. already, they definitely need to try something new. So I applaud them for trying to do something new. But I don't think it works in his favor, and I'll discuss it even further in the spoiler okay. area. Let's talk about spoilers, because I, I, I had the opposite view, but um, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson, as you say, he's been de-aged to play uh, a, a 90s Nick Fury. De-aged um, very well as well. The, the de-aging is phenomenal. Uh, I, I did read one review saying he looked plasticky. I, I didn't think he did. I thought it looked very natural. Um, mm. They got him in sunglasses quite a lot, so because I think the eyes is the hardest part. So I can see why they want to cover those off as much as they can. Uh, as well as the aging, I thought he played it really well. He kind of because Nick Fury again in, in the later films is very self-assured and, and doesn't take any nonsense and uh, is very confident in what he's doing. Whereas this Nick Fury, you could see kind of the, the the start of that, but he also is much more likely to get shocked by something or, or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of loses cool a bit maybe. So when when Carol Danvers is, is showing off some of her her powers he's, he's and, and more spoilery bits yeah i think yeah in the later films he wouldn't react in the same way necessarily yep um it's good to see how um yeah how how he nick fury got his start yeah and i we'll we'll come on to, to that but um <laughs> yeah there's a, there's, i think this is gonna be a big spoiler section um, i know i feel like it too <laughs> At least it's a spoiler now. In the past two films we revealed, Colin, it was hard to find anything to spoil. I was going to say, will Mary Queen of Scots lose her head? Who knows? <laughs> um, Clark Gregg didn't have much to do. No, um, nothing. I, I thought the de-aging didn't work for him, to be honest. No, I agree with you on that. It looked quite poor compared to what they did to Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Clark, Clark Gregg, like, you can see his, his, his hairline is still receding quite, quite yeah. bad. <laughs> he just looked... I, mean, I, I don't know whether they did spent more money on different shots than but he looked quite surprised a lot of the time um <laughs> yeah so I, I didn't love that i thought i also wasn't sure it was entirely necessary because he he i think he just put, put a bigger wig on him you can probably get away with claiming that he's younger i don't know 20 years maybe that's a bit of a stretch but um certainly that i think they spent the budget on nick fury um <laughs> well he has the most screen time though he does, and I think so. A lot of the film, although not as much as I'd like, actually, but a lot of the film was him and Captain Marvel bouncing off each other. Um, I like their their pairing. I think it works well. I think it works well off screen as well, actually, when you see them in interviews and things. Um, mm. I don't buy the pairing at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, it, I thought that 
it felt like I mean if if you were Nick Fury and you yes. see <laughs> if you see a, a woman falling down from space and you okay. know, kill, killing aliens yeah. and all yeah killing aliens etc and then you know you, you the thing is he he believed her very easily yeah uh, and they got yeah. along quickly very easily like there was no you know, you 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 imagine some disbelief at the beginning, or yeah. at least some conf- some sort of conflict, but they got along very well. I think I preferred it when they were kind of a little bit jagged edges. But there was, there was yes. one scene in particular where both of them said something not particularly funny, and the other one laughed uproariously, uh, which I think was a kind of a way to show how the, the, their friendship. But I, I kind of preferred it when they were a bit sarcastic with each other, and kind of you could see mutual respect, but maybe not the buddy buddy. But having said that, yeah, so I'd like to have seen more of them together. And, and yeah, but why would they have mutual respect at the beginning now? Um, well, because maybe she, at the end, I think he can respect her because she's blasting things all over the shop. Um, <laughs> she respecting him probably less clear, but um, <laughs> maybe she just needs him to to help her out. Um, Jude Law was in it. Um, no, Jude Law plays uh, the mentor, the Cree mentor, which I I. For- I Shortly before we start this podcast, I made sure to check his name and I've already forgotten it. Um, yeah, me too. I can't remember the name. Uh, it's mentioned briefly. Yeah, everyone thought he was going to be playing Marvel, and then that turned out not to be true. Mm. Uh, something like Krozogs. Um It's not. It's not that. Anyway, he's he's fine. Doesn't have masses to do, but he's kind of plenty. Say, have mentor who's who's a Cree and has weird eyes to help you know that he's a Cree. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite like the fact. I'm never talking about create uh, Yonrog. There you go. Um, for the uh, um, for the scrolls, I like the fact that when they were kind of some when they shapeshifted as someone else, you couldn't tell them at all. It wasn't one of those things like Mystique where the, the eyes glow yellow, or you see like little ripples or something. It, the, the audience is as unclear as as the characters, which I thought was nice. Um, mm. So we've got Ben Mendelsohn who plays one of the the scrolls. Um, called Thanos, no Tanol, Tanol, Lanos, Tano. Who knows? Um, this is the kind of research I've done. <laughs> uh, he's Talos. There you go. Um, but Ben Anderson is is the kind of the go to uh, guy for villainy these days. As always, yep. <laughs> so uh, he's Ready Player One, Rogue One. Um, he's now branched out into a film that doesn't end in the word one, so that's good. Um, Annette Benning, as you say, is in it. She. She plays. She plays one of uh, Carol Danvers' uh, mentors on Earth. Yes, he, she was a flight pilot. I think it's called Lawson, but a lot of people seem to call her Larson. I don't know whether that's just an American accent thing. Um, I, I get the sense that the, I mean she's fine in this. I don't think I don't think Annette Bening is massively into the MCU. I could be wrong. I suspect this is a. Uh, a, a pay- <laughs> it's just as much Glenn Close was in the MCU. Yeah, I suspect this might be a paycheck, or maybe her daughter or granddaughter or something um, is a fan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old Annette Benning is, um, but she, she's. I mean, she's a great actor, so she was fine. Lee Pace shows up for a minute or two. Yeah, uh, a, a brief moment. Uh, it's good uh, to see him back again, though. Yeah, I, I, and, and Demon Hounsu, who apparently I did get his name correctly before. Look at that. Um, I neither of them I think did a lot, but it was kind of nice for continuity to say, look, this is part of the same universe, which I thought was quite fun. And I like Lee Pace. A nice nod. Uh I didn't realise that so they occasionally refer to the accusers. Um because well, he's called Ronan the Accuser. I just assumed it's because he accused people. But apparently <laughs> the accusers is, is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> So what he does is he goes about <laughs> accusing people. Thought, you yeah. touched my last piece of toast. <laughs> exactly. How dare you? <laughs> I thought that was just he just really got on people's wicks and they're like, right, there's Ronan accusing people again. <laughs> uh, but apparently the accusers are our group. Um, I tell you what, uh, I, and there was it's good. I've got this Wikipedia page open so I can check all these uh, character names. Um, uh, our best friend. No, the best friend whose name is Monica Rambo. Uh, I know Maria Rambo is the best friend. Is it Monica Rambo is the oh. daughter? Yes, that's right. So she's in it. Um, she's kind of fellow uh, pilot. Now, just some uh, Marvel comic knowledge. Her daughter, oh. Monica Rambo, is a superhero. Becomes Ooh. a superhero in the Marvel universe. Ah, okay. Which so. makes sense because this is set in nineteen ninety five. So we may see a grown up daughter. Oh, that'd be in fun. The, in the future. And there is a nod to this as well in the film, uh, when the daughter says, oh, one day I would like to shine like you. Uh, she does. 
She definitely does. Very so she goes. She she has uh been um, she has taken the name Captain Marvel herself before as well. Okay. Um, and but now she's going as Spectrum. Her her power is that she can change her body into any different kind of wave on an electromagnetic uh wavelength. So she can turn to wow. X-rays or... They were really running out of superpowers, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she can glow, clearly, because she can turn into... Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's useful if, you, if you're trying to see your way in the dark. Um, <laughs> uh, i tell you what, there was no romantic subplot in this film. Um, and on the one hand, you know I'm a big fan of romantic subplots, uh, I can see why they didn't do it. Um, but I was trying to think through other other kind of title characters in the MCU. And I think this might be the first MCU film where the, the title, or at least the first MCU title character that doesn't have a romantic subplot. Um, so you got mm. Iron Man have had Potts, Captain America and uh, Peggy. Uh, mm. First Hulk film had um, uh, Betty, isn't it? Yep. Um, the first Thor film has Natalie Portman. Portman uh, Doctor Strange with Rachel McAdams. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, oh, yeah. The That's beginnings right. of that. So... And, and Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got a kind of fairly half-hearted uh, Star Wars <laughs> and, Gamora thing. Black- Spider-Man with MJ. MJ and Lizzie, I want to say, was the first one. Yeah, that's uh, true. And Black Panther had an incredibly half-hearted romantic subplot. With, uh, that doesn't count. Black with, Panther doesn't count, really, he, he, surely. He ends up kissing Lupita Nyong'o, so I think that's... Uh, <sighs> that so, was so half-hearted. It was, <laughs> it really was very spot on. So it's interesting that they've chosen this one to to not do that because there's no suggestion of that whatsoever um, and who knows I mean she's fairly, fairly I say she's fairly busy kind of saving the world but then they she always, was kind of <laughs> but then they're always busy saving the world and they seem to have fine time for it so um, I don't know whether it was a deliberate thing to say well we don't want to have to have a, a boyfriend character or whether it was just they didn't have time for it I, I don't know but I thought that was interesting that's yeah, good up. I think it's refreshing um, I was quite pleased that there were it was released on International Women's Day, um, and obviously uh, being the first female superhero. But there were there weren't too many speeches about the strength of women, which I did wonder whether it was going to no. turn into that. Um, they they didn't it. need to, though. I mean, no. I mean, it just it speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, as I say, like things like the basis of sex, where they couldn't just let it be clear. They had it's like the old show don't tell. They couldn't just show Felicity Jones being a a strong lawyer they had to have someone saying you're a strong woman and I'm, I'm glad there was a little bit of that so my best friend i think did a little speech about that but but it didn't do too much mm. uh similarly it wasn't too heavy on the 90s i, th- I think there were some nice touches but oh. it, uh, you don't think so i thought it was quite heavy on the 90s you also did you? okay yeah i did i did i felt like after a while i was like oh of course it's TLC's Waterfalls. Yeah, I, I don't remember hearing that one but um that was just... <laughs> it did, it come yeah up. yeah um yeah, because things the no doubts just a girl was was played prominently in one scene, which I thought worked fantastically. Actually, I think it was a really good scene. But I was kind of maybe I was just ex- going to do expecting a kind of I love the '90s soundtrack, and it was a little subtler than I was expecting. Oh, okay. So maybe uh, maybe I, I thought the opposite for some reason. Yeah, I thought I thought I was so on your nose. Like this feels like you know they really want to pay homage to the '90s. Okay, I think I was used to like when films set in the past they not only play those era songs, but they kind of play the greatest hits of that era. Whereas I think at least these were some, well, maybe not TLC so much in Nirvana as well, but it wasn't kind of, if I had to write down the top 20 songs I associate with the 90s, I don't think they played those. That's fair, that's fair. Um, oh yeah, and just to show Zijan what a great uh, cinematic critic I am, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say that one of the, the car chase reminded me of the French Connection. There you go. Well done, I've not seen the French Connection. No, basically it's got a very famous car chase where a guy in a car is chasing underneath a train. So um, uh, it reminded okay. me of that. And I'm going to say that was probably deliberate. Because why not? <laughs> um, should we go on to spoilers? Yeah, let's do that. I've got lots of things to spoil. Lots of spoilers. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Well, spoilers, do, spoilers. Do you want to uh, off then? Yeah, can I say that I think this is by far my favorite Marvel opening credit scene? But they paid tribute to Stanley. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was so touching. When they showed all his cameos in all the Marvel films. That was, yeah, that was something. It's next level. Well done, Marvel. Well done for yeah, the Yeah, and I assume it's just for this one. But, um, I mean, they did it for Endgame as well, I don't know. But yes, that was, that was a lovely touch. You saw his, his cameos, you saw his um, 
some offsets like off off screen things as well where he's hanging out with Robert Downey Jr. Um he had a nice cameo in this film actually. So he, he did. Um he cameoed as himself um cuz he uh, he had he appeared in the film Mole Rats in 1995 and you see him in this film reading the script for Mole Rats. Um which is quite fun. Is this uh is this his last cameo before I his passing? Got a feeling they might have Endgame in the can as well because they filmed those together, didn't they? Um, so I think we might get one more. I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Although apparently they, they not that long before he died, they did um, kind of scan his image. So I don't know whether they'll be digitally inserting cameos. I, I hope they don't. That would be me too. I mean, it's it's the end of the third phase of the Avengers for, uh, the yeah. Marvel universe. I mean, it's a it's a very fitting tribute and end yeah. for him. I think it's for. Um, it's fine. So the the big twist. Uh, mm-hmm. So the scrolls that we thought were going to be evil was Ben Mendelsohn, who's classic evil. He's the guy you hire when you want evil. Turned out not to be evil. Um, ba ba they're, they're lovely blokes. They um, and, and ladies and children. They they they're refugees, and the Cree basically have attacked them, taken their land, and they just want somewhere to live. Um, I enjoyed this twist. I did as well. I didn't I really see it coming did. actually at all. No, um, me neither. And the thing is, um, in the comic books, like the most one of the most recent stories about the Skrulls was a Skrull invasion on Earth. Yes. So yeah, the secret invasion. Yeah, the secret invasion. So it was quite big now for them in infiltrating Earth, etc., etc. So I thought they were going to do a reenactment of that. But I was, I'm very, I, I am very pleasantly surprised they did not yeah, do that because we were all speculating which of the Avengers is a Skrull. I, I was fairly confident. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. That, Rhodey was a scroll. I mean, there's still room for that. But, but having thought about it, I think well, that Endgame has got so much going on. Do you really want to have some sort of scroll storyline that only people who've seen Captain Marvel will understand? And I think they've made a very wise choice. But yeah, no, I, I think it's great. My my favorite uh, favorite twist since Iron Man three, I would say, were uh, mm. which had a great twist, uh, which I, I know agree. split fans in. <laughs> um, is uh, yeah, the twist about the crease. I think I, I'm not a comic book fan to this extent, but I, I knew. I knew the Cree were baddies, basically. So Yon Rog apparently is a is a stable baddie, and various of his crew are all comic book baddies. So, so the fact that they were evil, for want of a better word, was not a surprise mm. to me. I think it probably would have been a surprise for a lot of this cinema going audience. But. Well, if they've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm, they could make some kind of connection, right? Surely, if Ronan is evil, maybe. I, I don't think that most people would know that Ronan was this was a <laughs> was Cree. A I mean, uh, I didn't know that until I watched some YouTube thing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's a th- I'm, if I'm sure they say it, but or maybe they say it, but it's a bit of a throwy. And to be honest, most people watching Captain Marvel have not m- memorized characters from previous films. I thought no, In that, fact, that's so, fair. So, so when Ronan showed up, I mean, I was expecting more from that character. I was so he's in it for a couple minutes, really, um, and. To be honest, I only seem to be there to give Captain Marvel something to do at the end, because the whole plot line is based around the, the scrolls and the, and the Kree and finding finding the Tesseract, as it turns out. But then you need her to to beat up some spaceships, so uh, show off her immense power. Yeah, which is a great scene. It's fun, um, but it seems like it was only put there because it looks like a fun scene. And I've got no real problem with that, to be honest. I don't think you need three different sets of groups all attacking or or no, figures no. attacking. Um, so that's that's fine, and it's it's always fan service, isn't it? To say, look, do you remember the character? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. There's no problem with that, really. Um, we haven't talked about the Flurkin. Love it, love the Flurkin. <laughs> so judge, love the Flurkin. So, for, um, for those who haven't seen the film, there's a cat called Goose. In the comics, the cat is called Chewy, based after Chewbacca. And this is Goose after Top Gun, which kind of yes, uh, that's right. Makes sense because they're pilot test pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sort of trivia for you uh, Brie Larson is allergic to cats so I uh, so I understand yes yeah so yeah. all her scenes with the cat is all CGI <laughs> oh dear I, I can just see that when like, they cast her and then like anything else we need to know like, oh yeah you're going to have to up, up the CGI budget by a couple of mil because uh, I can't be with the cat <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so, so it turns out this cat in fact has uh, well, it's not a cat it's not a cat it's a flurkin um, which means, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's got uh, various pocket dimensions inside it. 
Yep. <laughs> which, which they didn't really explain, but in, in the film, they've got basically it's got huge monstery type things coming out of its mouth, which are pretty terrifying, to be honest. There was a kid in my screening who burst into tears at that point. So, <laughs> really? um, so there's not a lot oh, of warning there. <laughs> honestly, the, the cat has some of the best scenes in this film, really, especially the ones with uh, Ethan, Samuel, and uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, who, who turns out loves cats, although. Uh, yeah, very much. Not, well, I, would he like the Flurkin so much, given that. His eye mm. was pretty much uh, the reason we we find out that Nick Fury wears a patch around his eye was because he was scratched by a flurkin, which I found. I found that very. I mean, it's. I think there was a lot of speculation that would be the case. Um, but that was. It's like him losing an eye was kind of played for laughs, which I found odd. And also, he doesn't seem to be in any pain when it happens. So I don't know whether there's some sort of thing about Flurkin scratching you that it causes infle- infection or something later on. I don't know. Mm. But uh, that was... Uh, as long as you're prepared to accept someone permanently losing sight in one eye as, as amusing, then that scene <laughs> worked quite well. Um, Especially the scrolls just looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so um, in fact, because at one point, the kind of all these weird tentacle type things come out of the cat's mouth and attack these people it reminded me of when baby Groot attacks people yes. with his branches that was a very similar it, it was very, very similar quite funny when he was kind of waving it at people and it wasn't doing anything um, <laughs> I also like when the the, the cat was uh, uh, was stowed away on the, the, on the ship oh yes so yes and uh, the <laughs> that effect, was one the of the funniest of, bits of the effects of low gravity on a uh, on a, an alien from outer space um we well, we find out that uh, the Lawson was actually a Cree. She was, um, but a good one. A good one. So, and her name was Marwell. Mm. So I just wanted to bring out, like, in the comic books, Marwell was a Cree who became a superhero on Earth. Yes. And it was a he. And obviously, they they gender switch her in this um, just to confuse us a little bit more because yeah. we you think people people would think that Jude Law would be Marwell, which kind of makes sense because because Marvel uh, in in the comics, um, Marvel died and transferred his powers to Carol. That's how she got her powers. That's how she's uh, half Cree and half human hmm. DNA. Um, so I think it makes a nice. You know, they, they're trying to play with the storyline, which which is fair, which is good. I mean, it, it puts people who read the comic books books uh not to take everything for granted, which yeah. which is always a yeah. good thing. Um, yeah, if you, yeah. Don't, you don't know everything from. Uh, so, so yeah. the way she gets powers in this one is that she deliberately blows up some power thing that the Kree are trying to steal um, and absorbs with the energy. And the reason she's half Kree is because she has a blood transfusion from um, yon Rog, Jude Law's character. Yes. Um, fine. Why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the bit I didn't quite get, they had this little weird green patch on her neck, which she seemed to be able to exert some sort of control over her using that. Um, yeah, that's that is bizarre. Cause like, she doesn't really notice it at all. No, we see see a few times in shots, but it doesn't seem to affect her. But at one point, he stops her from doing anything because of it, and then later she rips it off. Although weirdly, she rips it off in a kind of a you know when she's seen the supreme intelligence, so it's all in her mind. And but it comes off in reality as well. Mm. I don't know. Uh, well, I was going back to this point. So this was one of those. Um, uh, those points part in the comic book film when the hero is down and then she gains some inner strength and then you know over- overcome all of this um or, or overcome this huge challenge and starts yeah. becoming super powerful i didn't like this bit okay. for her the reason why was that they put in all these flashbacks of her of all and people telling her that you can't do this you can't do that and the thing is when they're all flashbacks right it, yeah. it somehow somehow diminishes the impact because okay. we she at the beginning of the film she is powerful. Everyone respects her as powerful. You don't see any of no no anyone dissing her or looking down on her in whatsoever, and everything is all done in flashback form. And which goes back to my previous point: this whole non-linearities diminishes the effect of her coming into full emergence of her power because it doesn't look like. She, to me, it felt like her her character just became from powerful to super powerful, rather from someone who didn't have a lot, who had to face a lot of challenges of people telling her what she can and cannot do, into someone coming to her, her own, which is what I think the film intended us to see. Yeah, um, I I I thought was, I really appreciated it because it was something new. Because I I didn't want to see a film 
another one where she's kind of she's this pilot and then she's in this explosion and she can't work out. <laughs> Isn't what's that going the story of Green Lantern? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think by by just just by mixing up the order of things happening and giving them a bit of effectively amnesia, I guess, um, it made it slightly fresher rather than following the tropes of of a Captain sorry, of a, a Doctor Strange. Mm. And I liked the idea of finding out who she is along with her. Although sometimes, perhaps those could have been handled a bit better because she suddenly just seemed to remember everything fairly in one go, or a lot of it in one go, and remember yeah. things that I'm pretty sure she wasn't around for. <laughs> um, so she, she, I think it's because she hears something that Benning said and she suddenly remembers that Jude Law is the baddie, effectively. But some of what she's remembering happened while she was unconscious. So I'm not quite That's sure. True. Maybe she just heard it in a coma state. <laughs> Considering there's so much going on in this, like three different races being introduced and, uh, and all sorts, I think they did well at just kind of focusing on the important stuff, which is, to me, is, is the characters of Captain Marvel, how she bounces off um, Nick Fury, mm. and and how she interacts with with Earth, or was it CR fifty three or something? C twenty five. Some Earth Earth has got a designation that involves letters and numbers of some variety. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It begins with a letter C. Yeah, and it's probably a clever reference to a comic or something. They're usually clever references to comics. Mm. I don't recognise that. No, we'll probably find out that Captain Marvel episode, right, episode uh, volume 53 is something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we find out where Nick Fury got the word Avengers from. He saw it on a plane. No, it's not on a plane. That's her code name. Okay. But he saw it written on a plane. <laughs> no, you know, her code name was uh, Carol Avenger Danvers. That's her nickname. Yeah, it was like, but he like saw it. He kind. saw it because someone had written that on a plane. That's what I'm saying. Was it? He saw. A, no. He saw a photo of her getting into a cockpit, which had Carol Avenger Danvers written on the side. Really? I thought. I thought it was just on a photograph of her with the name Carol Avenger Danvers. If you like, were paying attention to this film, let us know. See the movie is June. This was right at the end, by the way. Right at the end. He's, yeah, he's about to say the Protector Initiative, and he yeah. changed his mind, uh, which really kills off the. Um, uh, Captain America colon the first Avenger really should be called Captain America the second Avenger uh, at best. The Tesseract, they found the Tesseract again. It felt a bit like, or to me at least, it felt a bit like the inclusion of Ronin or something. It was like, okay, that's that's quite fun, but it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't uh, add anything to this. No. I, so what, one of my questions is, do, do you think we're going to get another film or another, well, particularly another Captain Marvel film or, or any other uh, MTU films between the 90s and Iron Man? Oh, uh, that, that this one will be set in outer space, wouldn't it? So, hmm. I don't think it needs it. Though. Unless she, there's no, we don't know that she didn't come back again. Hmm. So I, and I think this one actually balanced really well between Earth and space because I, I was kind of not looking that much forward to the space adventures and thought I'd enjoy the Earth stuff more. But I thought they both worked well. But um, hmm. but there's some there's some stuff here like the Tesseract, which we don't know what's going to happen with the next, like the development of, of Nick Fury. Um, even yeah, I, I'd be quite interested to see another film set in that period. It doesn't have to be a Captain Marvel film necessarily, but, uh, but I don't know whether that's it. We kind of she goes off, and then the next we see her is thirty years later. Well, that's when we next see her, by the way. Or twenty something years later, but yeah, that's when we next see her in the first mid credit. Mm. Do you want to talk us uh, down? Yeah, so in the mid credit scene, we see. Uh, Steve Rogers, we see um, Black Widow, we see the Hulk. Hulk uh, uh, and Rudy. Rudy was there. <laughs> yeah. Was there. As, as he was in all the other Avengers films. Yes, just hanging around. <laughs> just hanging about. Um, the, the pager that uh, called for Captain Marvel stopped beeping. Then they were worried about it. So this was post Infinity War. So, you know, hmm. 50% of the population has gone missing and. Steve was saying this is a nightmare and then the pages stopped beeping they're wondering what's going to happen and then you turn around and Captain Marvel was just there saying where's Fury? Where's Fury? And her hair's grown um, it's just to show you that time has passed She looks the same though She looks someone... like the same well, she, Apparently yeah. this is all part of her superpowers He's Oh really? Not ageing huh. I suspect that's what they've said to avoid having to age <laughs> but um, yeah uh, I reckon that's a clip straight from Endgame I'd have said I, I don't. It's a good clip, though. I like it. It is a good clip. I, I suddenly, I was very excited. I mean, I, to be honest, I was already phenomenally excited for Endgame. So, but whilst I was watching Captain Marvel, I thought, oh, I, I like this character. I, re- I really like to see her bouncing off 
Captain America, Iron Man, Bruce Banner, whatever else. I'd like to see her in that group. So it was fun to see that straight away. Mm. Uh, did you hang around for the end of the film? No, I didn't. Do you? I did. Um, you would have, if you'd hung around long enough, you'd have seen the flurkin. Uh, you'd seen Goose kind of basically vomiting up the Tesseract like a, like a, a furball. Hairball. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, so, so that was, uh, that was fine. <laughs> I, I, I would see a film with uh, Nick Fury and the flurkin. To be honest, I, I think it's cute as a cat when it's doing the weird monstery stuff out of its mouth. I, I don't, I don't, I, a, a little goes a long way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do wonder whether we'll see her again. So things like Wonder Woman 1984, they're going to bring her back in before the events of Justice League. I, I wonder if we're going to get another Captain Marvel or whether they just jump straight to post. Happy oh, to see it. We'll see. Who knows? Marvel can do whatever they want now. Like, people to go so. watch their films. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I, all in all, I had a great time. It's got it's got middling reviews. To be honest, I've seen a few two stars, quite a lot of threes. Mm. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed the second half more than the first half of this film. I had a great time throughout, to be honest. I, I think this is probably my... I don't think it's I don't think it's as good as Black Panther, but um, but it's certainly a notch above most Marvel origin stories, I would say. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, some of the reviews I read... I mean, there's a lot of kind of anger. I think 20% of the IMDb reviews are one star, and that was before <laughs> it came out, so there's a lot of angry people on the internet. But there, I, don't, I read one of you saying, oh, yeah, she, she never gets to make any jokes. She's very straight the whole time. I think, well, I don't know what film you were watching, because no. she's... I mean, she's not. I say it's not quips, 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 but she's a very. She has has lighter moments. So I thought, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, if if I wasn't already looking forward to Endgame, I'm looking forward even, uh, even more now. It's not long to go. Not long to go. Right? Shall we? Uh, shall we keep moving? Um, we've gone way we, over time, so I think we're going to have to so over time again. <laughs> bump bump in McAllen to next time. Um, but we've got time to do the quiz, which we didn't manage to do last time, which is the no. first, the first ever episode that we've not had a quiz. Uh, this is going to end horribly for us, Colin. I can't remember. I, I did my questions two weeks ago. Well, likewise. I'm not going to remember anything. Um, so we've got our quiz on uh, James Gunn. Uh, I will kick us off, Sijan. Um Which character was voiced by Neil Fanning in two movies that James Gunn wrote? <sighs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is this Scooby-Doo? It is Scooby-Doo. Well done. <laughs> Yay. Uh Question one. Who is the chief antagonist of the first Scooby-Doo film? Uh, Scrappy-Doo. That is correct. Uh, question two. In Super, what superhero name does Frank Darbo give himself? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know this. I've not seen Super. No, I watched the first ten minutes and stopped. It's terrible. Um, oh. well, we're not terrible. Mr. Just, Terrific. Uh, the Crimson Bolt. Oh. That is terrible. <laughs> Question two. Where is the film Troma and Juliet primarily set? Ooh, I read the synopsis of this. I don't remember seeing that. Um, maybe they kept... Oh, I'm going to say they left it. They kept it in Verona. Why not? No, this was Manhattan. Fair enough. Did you read the plot, the plot line for that? It's very Yes, twisted. I have. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, who directed the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, which was written by James Gunn? Uh, oh, I know this. Don't I know this? Maybe. I think I know this. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I definitely know this. Okay. Why? why Feel free to tell why me. Do I, is it Edgar Wright? Uh, no, you're thinking of Shaun of the Dead. Um, it oh, was uh, yes. Zack Snyder. Yes, I knew this. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely knew this. If you asked me this two weeks ago, I definitely would have known this. <laughs> uh, question three. Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, James Gunn's brother, yes. appeared in many of his brother's films, but but which was his first? Uh, no idea. Let's say it was uh, Tremor and Juliet. <laughs> Good guess. Was it? Yeah, it was. Hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question four for you. Uh, who plays the sole survivor in the Belko experiment? Oh, uh, I know this as well. Which is not a bad it's film, very, actually. I watched it on Netflix. It's very annoying because I know this um, because he's a Tony Award winner <laughs> <laughs> and he starred in Spring Awakening and I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> he starred, but to give you more clues, he's, he starred alongside Brie Larson in Short Term 12. Um, yeah, uh, this is going to annoy me. Again, two weeks ago, I would have known this. Tell yeah. me. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. Yep, that's him. Yep. <laughs> that's him. Question four for me. Movie 43 is well known as being one of the worst films of all time. Yep. 
which of its stories was written and directed by James Gunn? Oh, oh, I read this. I even I even wrote this as a question and then changed it. Um, uh, it involves a cat. Um, <laughs> it's a, it involves an animated cat uh, called oh something like uh, Beezer. Yeah, that's right. Close. It's Beezel. Beezel, you're gonna give me that. Uh, well, it depends on the next question. Okay. Uh, question five for you. Who played Grant? No, I can't be right. I've written who played Grant Grant in Slither. I'm sure he's not called Grant Grant. Um, give me a second. Oh, he's called Grant. He's called Grant Grant. Well, okay. Uh, who played Grant Grant in Slither before appearing in both Guardians of the Galaxy films? Oh, is it his brother, Sean Gunn? Uh, no, it's Michael Rooker. Oh yes, I read this again. <laughs> this this sucks, man. <laughs> You've won this anyway. I Colin. have Just... won this uh, anyway, but... Uh... Uh, you shouldn't be happy about this. Anyway, <laughs> question five. The Guidance of the Galaxy soundtrack was the second best-selling soundtrack of 2014. Only behind which Disney film? Ooh, 2014. Uh, what Disney films released in 2014? I don't need this. Um, so, but I want to get it, Sijan. I want to get it. 2014 uh, It's probably one of their remakes. I don't know, Cinderella. Frozen, Collins. Frozen. I thought that was way before that. No? Right. No, it's not. Who cares? Well, I didn't need it. Uh, glorious victory. No, it's um, not glorious. This is definitely not glorious. <laughs> I knew the answers to at least three of the ones if you, you know, have done this quiz two weeks ago, but no. You're blaming me for this? Yes, of course I am. You're the one who went on and on about Tom Cruise. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> go back and listen to our Tom Cruise episode if you want to find out just how true that isn't. Um, what is our quiz for next time, Jason? Speaking of Disney, oh, yes. we are doing a Disney podcast in two weeks' time. Hmm, but, but that's not the answer to my question. <laughs> what's, the, what's our quiz topic? Oh, our quiz topic? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, uh, we're doing How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. Hey, Zijan, um, what's our main topic next time? <laughs> um, speaking of Disney oh, yes. and animated films, I am... We are doing a Disney podcast where I'll probably be doing most of the talking. Brilliant. We're doing the Golden and the Silver Age, I believe. Which Do I... you know what these ages are, Colin? No, but I'll find out. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Bye.